Are you all ready to join me today in our trip to outer space? Come along quietly or not. I will talk to you about For there is nothing else. Some artists make a Yes. Bite upon it. in that, that lineage, in that tradition of pen and ink illustrators. And they don't say comic books anymore, they say graphic novels. Like this morning I was just having some cereal and just looking at the milk carton with the design of the milk carton was so bad, it was so offensive. I mean, high art, low art, it's, kind of it's just about money. Yeah. It's all about what, how much it's worth that makes it high art or low art. Hello folks, you are listening to the next episode of the Planet Shivers podcast and I am Albert Shivers. On this episode, we got illustrator Heather Lee, who is having a new art show coming up where she did the first 22 cards of a tarot deck. And she's got a new art show coming, so Heather and I talk about that. We talk about old anime from the 90s. We talk about artists she's influenced by, animated films and anime films. We get into all sorts of topics. But before we get to Heather, I just want to tell you guys a little bit about what's going on with me. First of all, the most exciting new logo for the podcast. I um, spent most of last week secretly, covertly, working on this new logo to spring on you guys. And now it's here. I hope you guys like it. I had a lot of fun doing it, and I really like it. It's been getting some some good feedback, I think. Also... The Albert Shivers Patreon page is up and ready to go. This is going to be sort of a combination of everything from Facebook, from Instagram, all directions you're going to be getting it from on Patreon. And you can go check it out. It's, let's see, patreon.com slash Albert Shivers. Easy, my name, just like Instagram and Facebook. Very easy to find. Like I said, there'll be a bunch of stuff up there. And if you want to donate... That would be awesome, but I'm not forcing you. Who am I to ask? Also, um, I dug up a movie. So about 2016, I started working on this movie that was originally going to be named Down on Me. And it was going to be this mockumentary of my own brain kind of deal. And the wheels kind of fell off about halfway through. I got a little disgusted and decided to just throw in the towel. The thrill was kind of gone. Pretty much just sort of put it on the shelf, forgot about it for a while. And I recently picked it up and started working through the footage again. So now the new working title is going to be Mondo Alberto. Um, and it's going to be imagine being in somebody's mind. In this case, mine. But imagine being in somebody's mind. But their mind is like a runaway television set. And the channel keeps changing on you. So the movie is all over the place. There's a lot. It's almost like a film collage. That's how I'm attacking it. You know, taking my collage visual art and applying it to a film. And just seeing where that goes. So I've been working on that lately. I got um, two new insomnia art videos to hit you guys with this week. Part two of my one, Norton of Ed Norton from the Honeymooners being attacked by a sewer alligator. And if you want to hear more on that whole deal, 
You can check that out on Insomnia Art on the YouTube channel. Also, I'm going to do a part two to my drawing fish video where I draw my friend. And that's going to be the ink outline and all the ink shading. Whether or not I choose to stipple or crosshatch, we'll have to see when we get there. And that's all going good. Everything's good. You know, I'm keeping myself sane, keeping head above water. I had a fantastic Halloween. I hope you guys had a good Halloween too. And I guess with that, that's my spiel. I'm excited. I just want to get to the conversation. So here is illustrator Heather Lee on Planet Shivers. Thank you so much for watching or listening. I really hope you enjoy this episode. See you on the other side. Today on the show is kick-ass illustrator Heather Lee, who's got a new art show coming up at the Create and Be Art Gallery in Stroudsburg. How you doing, Heather? Thanks um, for doing the show. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Definitely. Definitely. So let's jump right into the show you have coming up. Um, it's a show that's going to, and if I pronounce anything wrong, just correct me. But um, it's a show featuring the first 22 cards which would be the major ar arcana. arcana of a tarot deck. Yes. So tell me a little bit about that. Well, they're basically like the face cards from like a regular deck of cards. So it starts with the fool and you have the magician, you know, the high priestess, so on and so forth. But they're the major cards that I think most people think of when they think of a tarot card deck. And it's the start of it. And I thought it'd be interesting just to see how the first 22 went we'll see if right. i make a whole deck i feel like that might take a while there's like 78 cards right but we'll see well 22 is a is a good undertaking too i can imagine yeah it took about four months and i don't think i've ever made so many pieces in that amount of time it was definitely interesting so from what i don't know too too much about tarot i know a little bit so you mentioned that they reflect like a playing card deck? Kind of. Kind of. Uh, like, as you move on through the decks, the deck, you have, uh, you know, the, the sword cards, you mm -hmm. have the, the wand. So they eventually do break down into four suits, like a uh, deck of playing cards. So that's kind of how I always kind of tell people if they're not sure about what a tarot deck is. That's kind of how I reference it. Gotcha. How long have you been working on this series? I started, I actually started about July 1st, because mm -hmm. uh, the I first started telling my friends about it July 4th. I started saying, oh, you know, this is what I started doing, uh, this tarot deck thing. And uh, the first card I did was the Fool, which is the first card of the deck. And originally I figured I'd do the Fool, maybe the Magician. And then just kind of leave it at that. I wasn't sure if I was actually going to do a full deck. But after showing, you know, friends and family the first couple cards, and there was such a positive response and such a big response, I was like, okay, maybe I should uh, push forward. Yeah, no, that's awesome. How um, did you intend when you first started, like, the medium? What, what medium are you working in? Well, they started off as sketches and drawings, and then I ended up putting them uh, onto my iPad. 
just so I could get that that same basic look throughout the whole series. Like, you know, like a deck of cards with, like, the border and stuff, just to keep them very, you know, together and very similar. Um, I generally work in acrylics, and what I've done with this series is I've combined a digital medium and a traditional medium. Okay. So they've been printed out as digital prints, and then I've painted over top of them with different kinds of metallic uh, paints, okay. just to kind of highlight certain things and make them you know, a little more pop. Mm -hmm. So I've been really trying to play with the two mediums, because I really think, especially nowadays with how technology is evolving, it's really nice to bring like the old with the new, and kind of combine those to almost make a new kind of style. Yeah. Well, that, that I think, is the way that, like, artists have to go. Mm-hmm. Is we've been so, like, beaten over the head. This is my opinion, anyway. But we've been beaten over the head with what styles we need to work in. Mm -hmm. And sort of pigeonholed. So th I love the idea of combining things. I try to do it also. Is there a special kind of paper? So when you print those prints out digitally and then you're going to paint, uh, paint over them. Mm -hmm. Is there a certain kind of paper? We we uh, used a, a hard stock photo paper, matte photo paper. Um, mm -hmm. I was worried a glossy photo paper might be hard to paint on, so we stuck with matte. Uh, my husband helps me make the prints. He's a okay. big help, great guy. Uh, and that worked the best. So it's a heavy paper, matte, and just uh, nine, uh, 13 by 19 is the size of all the, the prints. Okay. So they're pretty they're pretty decent size. No, that's that's a real good size. And it is very that those dimensions are very card like. Mm -hmm. Which is which is cool. Mm -hmm. They're basically like giant cards, yeah. <laughs> so then at what point did this become an idea for a show? I think I had done maybe three or four cards and I'd posted the I think the first three on my Instagram and that's when uh, Courtney saw it and commented, and she said, hey, I think we might need to talk about a show here. Yeah. And that's when I got into my head, like, oh, this this could be a thing. And then after talking to her, I was like, okay, I got to sit down and really, like, figure out how I'm going to get these 22 pieces done in that amount of time. Mm -hmm. So I tried to kind of sketch out the first, you know, another few, just to see, okay, is this even doable for me? Right. Because I do have a three-year-old, so that had to I had to take that into account too. Definitely, so. definitely. <laughs> do you have a preference now that like you've been working a little more with digital stuff? Do you have a preference between doing the acrylic paint or doing your paintings or digital? You know, I like them both for different reasons, okay. and you can do different things with both of them. Um, the one thing I like about digital is probably just because, again, I have a three-year-old who likes to be involved and play with paint as well, mm -hmm. so it's a little easier and not as messy with the digital art, and I don't have to worry about him trying to help. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's just something about the traditional, like, painting on canvas, I think just sometimes, like, pops or it just kind of speaks to people a little bit better, because I think there is still a little bit of a prejudice against digital art in a way, mm -hmm. if you know what I mean. People don't see it as, I don't want to say as important as traditional, but they don't understand how much work goes into digital as, you know, the same as traditional. Because mm -hmm. sometimes I do feel like I spend more time on my digital work than I do my traditional because it's easier to change things and change colors. 
Right. You know, I kind of stress over every little detail even more so. Mm-hmm. I gotcha. No, that makes sense. I've not gone too deep into the digital world yet. Not that I wouldn't. But I like the relationship, like the physical relationship of working on, I don't paint too much my more mm-hmm. drawings and collage work. But in the little bit of digital that I've done, like it is almost like learning again mm-hmm. from complete scratch. Because it is this whole different world. I was, I, even, I think I was using like an, uh, at the time, even which was a couple of years ago, an old version of Photoshop. Mm-hmm. And I'm learning about the layers and it was so like Greek to me. Because I had delved into like, okay, I'm going to do this the what I was the regular way mm-hmm. of doing it by hand. So it, it is a completely different world than like all sorts of different things to know. And all like someone was like, oh, use the shortcut keys. And I was like, what? <laughs> so, but it is, you know, it's, it's impressive. And I was looking through... Um, what you have posted on Instagram up to this point. And so far, they're looking awesome. Thank you. Thank you. The cards. You. So it should be a great show. Yeah, it took a while definitely to get used to uh, the digital, just because, like you said, there's so many layers and different techniques and stuff. But, uh, you know, Google's a wonderful re- resource. And after, like, just looking up tips and tricks and mm-hmm. just kind of trying different things out myself, I was able to kind of figure out how to make it work for my style. Because I think my style in particular translates just as well in digital as it does in acrylic because I do like those defined lines and those solid colors. So I think it translates easy, you know, from one or the other. What sort of got you started in art? That old, old, good old question. I don't know. I've just always done it. And my parents always just, you know, let me kind of do my thing Mm -hmm. and encouraged it, you know, encouraged me to be creative uh, and let me go to, you know, painting classes and things. And I just always liked being able to try to at least try to draw out what's in my head onto paper. And, you know, as I got older, I went from just drawing and markers to paint and so forth and so on. But yeah, I've just always... Just done it, you know, since I was little. Gotcha. No, I could, I could totally relate to that. Did you do anything, um, like in school, art classes more than just the average? Um, I mostly just did art classes, and then I had an after-school painting class that I went to as well. But nothing really through the school. I usually just kind of wanted to skip off and play with my friends and hang mm-hmm. out in town and. You know, I went to Stroudsburg, so okay. we'd leave school and just hang out on Main Street all afternoon, you know? Mm-hmm. So. It was, see, I, I, I came here about 10 years ago, a little bit less. And when I came here, it was a fairly artsy town. There was a lot going on. Um, and then, it, to my, my view, it sort of petered off a little bit. So, growing up here, did you find a lot of art inspiration or a lot of uh, things around here that kind of kept you going on that path? I mean, Stroudsburg really has evolved over the years. I remember when I was younger, there wasn't really a whole lot going on. And then mm-hmm. as the years have gone by, you know, the Sherman opened up and started getting bands. We started seeing a couple more art galleries in town. Right. I don't know how much that really influenced me. 
I was kind of always in my own little world. I was big into movies okay. and stuff and, uh, and TV shows and kind of weird stuff. So I think that influenced me more than my outside environment. Okay. Have you brought your interest in movies into your art? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That that definitely influences me a lot, just even by color schemes or just ideas. Uh, I like like some, you know, off-the-wall kind of weird movies. Uh, Neil Gaiman's Mirror Mask, if you've ever seen it. That's I a, haven't, but okay. That is a highly recommended one. It's very strange. Or like Labyrinth, you know, okay. Dark Crystal, things like that. I've always, you know, caught my attention. Uh, even movies like uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Okay. You know, how um, the main girl character, her hair is constantly changing colors. and. Mm-hmm. That always caught my attention because a lot of the times I'll paint my characters with very vibrant hair or something. So, hmm. and I think it is like a it's very fertile when one form of art is inspired by another form of art. Mm. You know, rather than you know we're obviously all inspired by other visual artists too, mm-hmm. and their styles work their way into how we evolve, but. I find a lot just from music and not just like I'm drawing musicians, but even just the feel of it and, and a film even, you know, when you look at it from like the visual artist point of view, you could almost see films in snapshots mm-hmm. in stills and that translates into a drawing or a painting. So it is, it does like when you're thinking about another form of art while you're doing one form the potential for something new to, to grow out of that is really good. Speaking of screenshots, I actually mm-hmm. discovered something uh, recently. If you look up uh, screenshot or like movie palettes, color palettes, okay. that's exactly what comes up is screenshots for movies within the color palette underneath mm. with like the little squares of color. And I actually used that for a couple paintings just when I wasn't sure what kind of color palette I wanted to use, mm-hmm. you know? I kind of looked, just kind of typed that in, and I was able to look through like even some of my favorite movies and be like, oh, those colors are perfect, and mm. stuff like that. So that, I found, is a great tool in combining you know, two mediums like that. Yeah. So in other words, it is the, this color palette is t- telling you the name of the color that's in the shot? It's not saying the direct name. It just has uh, like little squares of color underneath. Okay. But uh, if you use a pro, like the program I use on my iPad for digital art is called Procreate. And uh, if you take that image and put it in there, you can literally drag and find out what that color is. So that's really great for me because I can just, you know, save the picture, pop it into the program and be like, oh, that's what the color is. Gotcha. No, that's handy. Mm -hmm. That's real handy. Mm -hmm. So like, is there... Specific, you mentioned a few, but is there a couple more mo- films that like really have inspired art of yours over the years? I mean, I actually wrote a couple things okay, down. Okay, awesome. Because sometimes I forget things. Um, Miyazaki, anything by Studio Ghibli, Miyazaki, if you're familiar. Mm-hmm. Really anything by that man, I'm all about. And he just makes such fantastic films and they're so inspirational and my son loves them now, so we're watching okay. them all the time. Um... Other two movies that really inspired me. I don't know if you've ever seen Secret of the Kells. I haven't. 
That mm-hmm. is a fantastic animated film. Um, and they, the same people that did that one did a second film called Song of the Sea, which mm-hmm. is in a similar style. And it's, it's very, it's a very unique style. I'm not even sure how to describe it. Um, I'd highly recommend them to anyone, even like kids. Mm-hmm. Like they're great for everybody. But visually, they're stunning. Absolutely mm. stunning. Okay. Do you gravitate towards animated films? I don't know if I gravitate towards animated films per se. It's just kind of indie films, things that don't mm. usually pop up in mainstream. But at the same time, I also like a lot of sci-fi and fantasy, like the alien movies. Right, yeah, yeah. Big fan of aliens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, um, like I said, Labyrinth, Dark Crystal, you know, I'm also a sucker for a good action movie like Speed. Oh, yeah. So. Well, yeah, no, those Classics. are like staples. Yeah. yeah. You need those. <laughs> have you ever heard of an animated films? Have you heard of Ralph Bakshi? Ralph Bakshi? No. Okay. So, real quick, he's mainly known for, um, he did a version of Lord of the Rings. Oh, yes, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, and he yeah. also, like, just around that same time, Fire and Ice mm-hmm. the film and Wizards. Okay, so, like, those in this weird way have become, not that it's weird, it is what it is, but those have become, like, his most popular in terms of mm-hmm. mainstream pictures. But before that, he was doing, um, well, he did the film version of Fritz the Cat, if, oh yeah, I've seen Fritz the Cat. Okay, so that was sort of his his style prior to getting into more of the fantasy world. So he did Fritz the Cat, another one called Heavy Traffic, and those old ones are like very fun animation style because he came from Disney. Mm-hmm. He was like a Disney animator who jumped ship, mm-hmm. which a couple artists did as the '60s rolled on. And he started, I think Fritz the Cat was his first one, and then he did a bunch of other ones in that similar style. Hey Good Looking was another one, which was like 1950s doo-wop vibe mm-hmm. to it. But um, yeah, I definitely recommend checking out his movies, if for nothing else than the art. Yeah. Because you do kind of see, he still had that Disney thing going, and the whole time he's sort of just like flipping off Disney with his mm-hmm. with his art as he's moving more towards... The style that became in Lord of the Rings. Well, Wizards was fantastic. Yeah. And anything Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit, I'm a fan of. Okay. So, big Tolkien fan, so. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> but yeah, he's he's a fun one. He's still working today. He just did a movie about Coney Island, like an animated short about Coney oh, Island. that's awesome. So, yeah, he's definitely one I'd recommend checking out if you get the chance. Because I've drawn a lot of um, inspiration, more so... For the backgrounds mm-hmm. of cartoons and animated films. Because a lot of the time, like I think a good background in an animated film, just you don't notice it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't totally stand out. But when you separate it, you're like, damn, that's actually pretty good. You know? Yeah, it's, it's surprising how much work goes into the backgrounds movies. I remember when I was a kid, something that actually inspired me was there was a making of Sleeping Beauty, the Disney animated film. And I remember them showing how they made all the backgrounds. And, you know, I was a little kid. I was probably like seven or eight. And I was 
blown away by how much work went into the backgrounds. Mm -hmm. And ever since then, I always made sure to notice, you know, the backgrounds a little bit more just because of how much work went into them. Yeah. I had, um, like, Instagram recommends pages to you. Mm -hmm. And there's a complete page on Instagram dedicated to the backgrounds of Scooby-Doo cartoons, the old ones. And it's nothing I even ever That's thought awesome. of. And when I'm going through, like, I'll send you a link to the page. Absolutely. Like, when I'm going through it, that was, like, the, what came to mind. I was saying before, like, damn, like, these backgrounds are really good. <laughs> you know? And they're just paintings mm -hmm. that just... That's all mm -hmm. they were. Excuse me, on the visual art side of things. Mm -hmm. Who were some visual artists that you're into, whether new or old? Uh, well, I really like uh, Brian Froud, who was the guy that did all the designs for Labyrinth Dark Crystal okay. and worked with Jim Henson for forever. Love right. all of his fantasy stuff. Absolutely. Um, I'm a big fan of Boris Groh, who inspired me to do a lot of the... Uh, skeletons that I have on my Instagram. Okay. Uh, he paints a lot of like giant, oh, menacing skeletons, but they're also kind of like menacingly cute in a strange okay. way. I don't know how to describe it. Kind of dark, futuristic kind of stuff, but very good painting. Um, uh, the Japanese artist Amano, he does mm. a lot of the concept designs for the Final Fantasy video game series. Okay. Love his stuff. Um, it's super interesting. He always has lots of weird little details and swirly bits. And um, Jamie Hewitt as well, who you would probably know from like Gorillaz, the, okay. the band Gorillaz. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. he did the whole design for the band and he also did the comic book Tank Girl. Okay. Who I'm a huge fan yeah. of Tank Girl, so. And he's probably influenced me the most, I think. Just because I re always liked his style, and I collected like all the Tank Girl comics for a while, and nice. big fan. So, did you ever think about doing a comic book yourself? I'm constantly thinking about doing a comic <laughs> book, but I'm not the world's best writer, and I don't have a lot of patience for that. Okay. So I don't know if I'll ever do that, but it is constantly in the back of my mind. Yes. It's a lot, and you have to come up with some kind of story, and you gotta stick to it, and you gotta, you know, keep the character looking the same, and yeah, there's a lot that goes into comic books. Yeah, have you ever heard of? Um, it start. It was originally a comic book or a graphic novel called God Killer. God Killer, no. Okay, well, I I had no clue what this was, but I found a DVD, mm -hmm. and. I was just really curious, like, okay, how, what's, what's this about? Why is there a DVD mm -hmm. in a comic book? And they did this really neat, I believe it's on YouTube now, but the way, like, they animated a comic book in this really, like, simplistic way, mm -hmm. but it doesn't take anything away from it. Like, they added some effects. It's pretty much like a post-apocalyptic kind of storyline, where currency is blood, it's that whole that whole vibe. Well, it has my attention now. Okay. <laughs> no, it's pretty awesome, and the art is really cool. I've, it's I've not been able to find like the actual graphic novels of it because hmm. I think when it came out, it was one of those things that nobody knew about, nobody really paid attention to mm -hmm. or cared about, and then like the right people got a hold of it, and then it kind of like cultishly blew up. Right. So any copies of it are being hoarded now. Right. Or they're a lot of money. 
Last I checked, it changed. <laughs> I'm always a sucker for a good apocalypse story, so... No, it's it's pretty awesome. Like, there's several volumes of it. I had only seen volume one. Mm-hmm. But I was telling a friend about this a couple of years ago, and I was able to find the whole thing mm-hmm. on YouTube. So it's pretty cool, and it like kind of opened my mind to an idea that I never thought of. It's mm-hmm. like animating, like the drawings never move, really. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like they're animating the drawings from the book, mm-hmm. but yet it still has like this really neat flow to it, and it works in a way that I never personally would have thought of. Yeah, and again, that's another example of, you know, combining different mediums. Exactly. Which I think is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and it's fun. You know, I, I, I like to kind of trip up a viewer to be like, wait a minute, what is that? Is it a painting? <laughs> like, what? You yeah. know, and it seems like, you know, the style that you already had, like you said, it blends very well between the two, mm-hmm. which is fun. I think just from reading comic books and stuff, that graphic style just always stood out to me. So yeah, that's kind of where I kind of morphed into. So. Gotcha. Well, here like an interesting thought that I'll, I'll throw at you, um, which is it's something that I've been kind of beating this drum for a while now, where this you mentioned reading comic books influence your art. Mm-hmm. So on this show, I've interviewed a number of like older artists. Mm-hmm. And I would look at their work, and there was just something about it that was different. Mm-hmm. And I could never put really my finger on it. Mm-hmm. And are you into, like, anime? Mm-hmm. I don't, okay. So it sort of clicked with me looking at mainly, like, these older artists' drawings. And I mm-hmm. just thought about it. They had no anime in their life. Yeah. And our generation, you know... It was everywhere, and especially, like, I know, like, for me, beginning, you know, like, you're into certain shows, and for the beginning artist, anime is an easy style to grasp. I watched a lot of Dragon Ball Z growing up. As did I. (laughs) (laughs) Big Dragon Ball Z Uh fan, so that's definitely influenced me, too, in some way. (laughs) No, and, like, I really feel like it has slipped in to, like, our generation's mindset of art, not even on purpose. It just mm-hmm. is the, the way the snowball rolls, you know. But they didn't have that. That's true. And I, their their people, like their caricatures, their sketches are more rounded. Their faces are more rounded, which is not always the way anime is, you know. Yeah. For the like, and I'm to me like mainstream mm-hmm. anime, like you said, Dragon yeah. Ball Z or. The kids who watch Pokemon, mm-hmm. like that style was the very, you know, mm-hmm. hard, uh, like angled faces. Right, right. The eyes, the noses, all that kind of thing. And I don't know, like, this is just my crackpot theory. No, I could definitely see that the older generation is definitely more the, the Disney generation, where yeah. it's all they really had to go off of. Right. As in, like, I guess in the 80s and 90s, anime started coming over here more and then just yeah. kind of started weaving its way through our culture. Mm-hmm. And now that's just everywhere. Yeah. No, and it, it not inadvertently or whatever, but did, I think, change the course mm-hmm. of the way. Because you, when you start on something... You know, like a beginning artist, and you're drawing anime. Like that's mm-hmm. that then becomes part of you. Everything mm-hmm. you draw is in the next drawing. 
in one way, shape, absolutely, or absolutely. So yeah, um, did you ever watch when it was on uh, Cowboy Bebop? That one, one of my absolute favorites. All okay. the jazz and this, you know, yeah. space cowboys and all that yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. stuff. Loved Cowboy Bebop, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I think dra- uh, not Dragon Ball Z, Cowboy Bebop really. Definitely stuck with me. Had more of an emotional connection for me just because, you know, it really stood out with with the songs, the the titles, the way it was animated, the philosophies behind each episode. It really yeah. stood out, especially at that time when there wasn't a lot of different animes that did that. You know, because you had like Dragon Ball Z, Sailor Moon. You yeah. know, kind of very pop mainstream. Yeah. You know, a lot of yelling, <laughs> powering up. And Cowboy Bebop came came along like the artsy cousin and yeah. really definitely influenced me big time for sure. I actually have that on my list too of stuff. Oh yeah. Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm glad it came up then organically. That's cool. I would on Instagram I'd recommend checking out artist Don Stetner. He was on the show mm-hmm. and he's pretty awesome. And he was the one who got those wheels turning in my head. Like, what is it about his art that feels like it's not of this time Mm -hmm. and like it bugged me of like what what the deal was you know it's a really interesting observation for sure so to jump back to the to the show really quick Mm -hmm. um how far along are you in your 22 pieces i'm done nice i am done they are all framed up i finished yesterday actually cool and then had my little celebratory date night with my husband so it was I was very happy. They're all sitting, you know, in my, my basement, and they're all lined up, finished, looking beautiful. I couldn't be happier. I also finished a couple traditional pieces in acrylic okay. that are going to hang up as well. Okay, cool. That I had a little bit of time to do, so I did those. Um, they kind of go with the Arcana series. They're kind of that same kind of vibe, so I thought they would fit. Um, with a little bit of metallic, you know, paint in there as well, just to help keep it all flowing together. Cool. Um, the cards actually, you briefly mentioned Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember when Pokemon was big and they came out with like the cool, like shiny cards, like all the kids went nuts over, oh, yeah. like the holographic cards. Yep, that's. Yep. I made a joke that that's what they're kind of like because <laughs> I put the metallic paint and you like hold them in the right light and they're all shiny and stuff. Oh, that's and awesome. No. I made a joke they're like the popular Pokemon cards. <laughs> hey, whatever it takes, that might get a few few people in the door. That's true. That's so, true. Whatever it takes. The the other pieces outside of the the tarot pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, what are those like? Like there's there's one bigger piece. It's. Uh, the same kind of like teal. It's the, probably a darker teal than that uh, the girl painting okay. that you were talking about. But I really love teal. I always tend to go for teal. I don't know why. I really like that color. But it's a um, a hairless cat with three eyes. Okay. So I, I named him the familiar. Because, you know, tarot cards kind of have that weird spiritual thing. And, you know, with Wicca kind of goes into that a little bit. So like a familiar, a three-eyed spiritual cat. I thought that would kind of fit. And then I also did two pieces. One is a bumblebee with a big sun above it, and the other one is a moth with a big moon above it. Okay, you know, kind of nice. like a daylight and uh, you know moonlight thing, uh, kind of a luna moth type thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, with the the teal and the gold, so nice. they really pop. So, what is it like from your point of view? 
what is it about using those bold colors, those bold solid colors that you like? Honestly, I always tend to paint stuff that I would hang up in my house. Okay. I just go with what I like and like, oh, I would totally hang that in my house. And I figure, well, if I like it, somebody else might like it. And I always like stuff that's vibrant and pops. And maybe it's because I am constantly wearing black. Uh, so I feel like I have to just get all the color out somehow, but, uh... Yeah, I, I know what you mean. <laughs> so the show is November 7th and 8th. Yes. Which I imagine is a weekend? Yes. Saturday okay. and Sunday. Um, are... How will people get to it? Are there tickets? What's Yeah, you what's can purchase, uh, tickets to reserve a spot. Um, I believe, depending on how many people reserve spots, we may allow a couple walk-ins... Okay. Um, but ideally, go to the page on Facebook, reserve your spot for either. There's uh, two showings on Saturday, two showings on Sunday. Yeah, I'll be there. Courtney it will be there, of course. Um, and uh, ideally, that is what I would do. Though, if you just happen to be in town, by all means, stop by. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're trying to be safe with social, social distancing and everything. So we're trying not to, you know, put too many people into that space. You know, it's a small space. You've right. seen it. It's not yeah. huge. So we're trying to be conscious of that. Yeah, well, I would say, anybody who's interested, when I had my show there, they did a fantastic job mm-hmm. of keeping everybody limited and... Mm-hmm. and um, you know, if everybody just kind of just works together and just chills out and just does what they got to do, <laughs> everything will be fine. Yeah. Um, now, I also see in the ad that they're doing a tour, too, of the art. Yeah, bit. they're, they're going to have, like, a little walkthrough uh, and just kind of talk about it a little bit. Because, you know, tarot cards do go in an order. So okay. they do kind of have a little bit of a number. You know, it starts with the Fool, ends with the World card. So I think we are going to have like a little walkthrough and we might talk about a few of the different cards and each card will have a label with its individual meanings underneath okay, it. So, nice. you know, anybody can just kind of look and if a card speaks to them, you know, they, they might want it. Uh, the full card, uh, just because I know off the top of my head, is the kind of optimistic new beginnings card, okay, you know, yeah. being it's the first card in the deck. And then you have, like, the strength card, you know, which obviously stands for strength, but also subtle strength, because okay. it's pictures the the maiden taming the beast, sort of, so it's kind of more reflective of subtle strength in her respect, and then the bear, which I used a bear, traditionally it's a lion, but I thought we live in the Poconos, a bear yeah. makes more sense, <laughs> right. you know, symbolizes, you know, strength, so, and then, you know, there's... So many cards, and they all have different readings. There's the death card, you know, the the devil, uh, the world, the chariot. There's a lot. There's a lot. I think people, I think everyone will be able to find at least one card that resonates with them. Nice. Well, and will the pieces be for sale? Yes, everything will be for sale. Okay, nice. Yeah. And of your paintings, um... If people see them online, do you offer prints too? Has... I do. I do cool. offer prints. Yeah, yeah. I just put my website up. We're still working on it because I'm not the best with that. So it's a little yeah. slow going, but I do have my yeah. website up. Uh, it's heatherleeillustrations.com. Okay. Uh, probably within the next two weeks, I'll be updating it with the more traditional pieces and more prints. And obviously after the show, I'll have all the tarot cards up there for purchase as well. And people could just let me know which ones they want, and they will get it. 
Nice. Mm-hmm. And where else can people find your work and what you're doing? It's mostly my website and Instagram. Uh, my Facebook, I sometimes post on that. I really have to make an art Facebook. I keep uh, dragging my feet with that a little bit, but I'll uh, stop procrastinating and just do that. <laughs> it's just about throwing as much at the wall yeah. as possible. And just like what I perceived as being irritating to people or annoying. Mm-hmm. Of like, look my art, look at my art. <laughs> I'm not that guy. But that's sort of, especially with Instagram, it's so easy to get buried. Yeah, you do kind of have to post a lot. And I've been trying to, not recently, but I, because I was so busy trying to get all the tarot cards done. But before yeah. I was trying to post at least like once or twice a week just to kind of get some kind of a routine up. But even so, it's still hard because you get distracted or something. I have a three-year-old, oh, I want a popsicle, oh, I need a drink, something. Mm-hmm. Then you forget about it. You know, life. So, yeah, you know, just like... life in general just gets distracting so you forget. But I'm going to, again, now that the tarot cards are done, try to start posting more regularly on my Instagram, then I'll make a, make a Facebook as well. Cool. And the Instagram handle again is? I think it's it's Heather Lee Illustrations. Yeah, it's the same as the website. Okay. I'm so okay. bad at talking about myself. No, I, I get it. it. It took me like 10 episodes just to be able to host this damn thing <laughs> like a human, you know? So, so it's all good, but I really appreciate you coming on the show. Absolutely. It was fun to talk to you. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to the show. I'm definitely going to be there. Great, so great. Yeah, I'm very excited. Very, very excited. Do you have any um, plans for your next, your next thing? What you're going to do once the tarot card? I'm not really sure. I might work on some more traditional pieces for a while now that my son's in school and okay. not trying to help constantly. I had a painting. I actually have paintings up at Down River Brewery right now and some prints okay. over uh, down here in Stroudsburg. I don't know if you've ever been there. I haven't, but They're, where is it? Uh, it's over in Stroudsburg. It's, you know where that metal overhang thing is? And they have that little indoor section. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, it's it's right in there. Or you can actually enter from Quaker Alley as well. Okay. Um, it's a fantastic brewery. It's the guy that owns Banters Hard Ciders. Okay. He opened up a brewery as well. And he has a bunch of my stuff there at the moment. And one of the pieces that a lot of people commented on was I had a painting of bird skull flowers. Okay. It's basically these pretty pink flowers with like little bird skulls in them. Hmm. And a lot of people commented on those, and eventually it sold. So I might do some more bird skull paintings. And then nice. I also just did a picture of a hummingbird skeleton that everyone really liked. So I might do uh, another piece with a hummingbird skeleton, so we'll see. But as far as any major series like the tarot cards, I think I'm going to chill with that for a minute. Okay. Just because it was stressful enough trying to get all 22 of those cards done in that, you know, length of time. So I think I'm going to take a little break and maybe just kind of vibe and do whatever for a while. Exactly. And just, you know. Is there any, like, way into the future, if this show goes well, is there anything that you may one day make the complete deck? Yeah, I do eventually. I would like to make a complete deck, just to say that I've I've done it. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm thinking, I actually was thinking about that the other day, and I thought that maybe, you know, after the show and after I relax for a bit, I'll just kind of go suit by suit, you know, just so, you know, I'm not looking at, like, the rest of the cards. I'll just kind of break it into little sections. And then, you know, maybe in a few years, I'll maybe have a whole deck. We'll see. Yeah, it's definitely like a long-term <laughs> project. Yeah. But it would be awesome. And, and 
probably now more than ever people are into it. Mm-hmm. So, and I've seen like I've seen some tarot decks with amazing art, and I've seen some tarot decks with real shitty art. Yeah. So, it would be awesome to see your stuff in a tarot deck. Absolutely. In other yeah. words, we'll we'll see how. Uh... How motivated I am, but the plan yeah, no is pressure. the plan is to eventually have a whole deck. But again, we'll see. It might be a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no pressure. <laughs> I'm just saying. All right. Well, thanks again, Heather. I appreciate you doing the show. Oh no problem. It was problem. great talking with you. Absolutely. And um, yeah, November seventh and eighth, the Create and Be Art Studio in Stroudsburg. And there's more stuff on Instagram, Heather Lee Illustrations, and your website again. HeatherlyIllustrations.com All right, folks, there goes another episode of the Planet Shivers podcast. Thank you for listening or watching or both. I am and always will be Albert Shivers. Thank you to Heather Lee for coming on and chatting. Don't forget, her art show is coming up this weekend, November 7th and 8th at the Create and Be Art Studio. You could find all the information on their Facebook page. You could find this podcast episode and a whole lot more on all major podcast platforms as well as YouTube with video accompaniment. Thank you guys so much for listening and supporting the show. Don't forget to check out the new episodes of Insomnia Art on YouTube and check out the Albert Shivers Patreon page. I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your week and it doesn't drive you crazy. Take care of yourself. Take care of somebody else. Next week on the show, Kelly Ann Walsh is going to be on. Her and I have a very fun conversation about acting, about film, and really about life. We go in all sorts of fun directions. You, I know you, you're not going to want to miss it. So we'll talk to you next week.